Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Good morning. Heaven to Earth, the story of Christmas. I'm excited about this new series as we kind of launch into our Christmas season, the month of December. Um, you're going to be hearing from, hearing from us um, as we're going through the Heaven to Earth series. This is the first week of that. And this week we're talking about His promise. Next week and the following weeks we'll be talking about His presence and His purpose, His provision, and then ending on Christmas Eve, the 24th, in case you're wondering when that is, we talk about His party. Who gets to participate in that? Who celebrates in that? Who has opportunity to engage in his party? I'll give you a little spoiler right now. We all do. We all do. So I'm glad that you guys are here for the start of this series. I also want to point out and just, I don't know, let you know that there's also something that the the church has created, um, an Advent devotional. Uh, and it'll be going out through social media as well as, I think, on, the, on our website. Um, if you have kids in any of the children's rooms, they should be going home today, other than maybe the babies. Um, they're not very good readers. So um, <laughs> it'll be going out in print form uh, today, the, uh, the Advent devotional. And it's a great opportunity for, for you, either as an individual or a couple or a family, to be able to read through daily devotionals that lead us through the, the weeks as we're talking about his promise, his presence, his purpose, his provision, and his party. So it gives us an opportunity to really get our heart in tune with, with what God wants to do here. And there's some really cool activities um, to, to do with your kids built into it as well. And so I want to encourage you, moms, dads, parents, if you've got kids, engage your kids in this because it's a great opportunity to... To, to look beyond yourself, beyond the needs of your family, and just see how you can engage with others um, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your workplace. So I'm excited about that. I also want to share with you um, the uh, Movember, the, the Heaven to Earth uh, campaign that um, been working through, and some of the pastors decided they weren't going to shave for the month of November. Uh, you know, the, the fuzzy, itchy guys right now at the end of the month. Um, some of you sponsored them, and I want, I want to be able to share with you, over $1,000 has come in so far for, for the uh, Heaven to Earth campaign, so, which is cool because that money goes directly to the Angel Tree Ministry, which provides toys, presents, gifts, needs for kids that they would go without if it weren't for that. And so thank you for your generosity there. It's a, that is a beautiful thing right there. Um, I also want to share, I was going to tell you about the angel tree, all the tags out on the tree out there, and you know, encourage you to go and grab one before you leave today and go buy a gift for a kid. We had 50 of them, and they were gone before first service was even over. So I'm sorry for you because you don't get to participate in that, but I'll tell you, that's something to celebrate. That's, that's generosity. That is, that is just the beautiful gift of, of God providing for others through his people. And so that's, that's, that's encouraging, and that's something that, that I love, that this church is generous like that. I will give you another opportunity to be generous, in case you, know, you had your heart set on an angel tree um, thing. Um, make it an angel wreath. <laughs> buy, 
buy a wreath on your way out of here today. Um, we have a great team that's going to the Philippines in the, the new year, and this is a fundraiser for them. And you'll be able to, as you purchase a wreath for $25, you'll be able to help send the team to the Philippines to be able to continue with the reconstruction from Typhoon Haiyan um, when it went through, right? Is that, did I say that right? That's Filipino, right? I'm bilingual. So. But I want to I really encourage you, um, buy a wreath. Some of you have multiple doors on your house. Buy a few, one for each door. Buy one for your neighbors. Help, help send the team to the Philippines. So if you've got your Bibles, let's, let's dig into this. If you've got your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open up to Psalm 23. Some of you, you don't need to open your Bibles because you've got it memorized. I'm going to read mine. Psalm 23. This is a Psalm of David. This is David, man known as a, a person, a man after God's own heart. And he writes this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's important that we understand that. He leads him, but he leads us in paths of righteousness, not for our glory, not for our acclaim, for his name's sake. He leads us in paths of righteousness. It's not so that people can say, oh, look at all the good stuff you're doing. It's so that they can see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's why he leads us in paths of righteousness. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your people, or I'm sorry, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now this is, this is David speaking. And this is David writing. And David was a guy who was known as a man after God's own heart. But he was also foolish in some situations. You, you know that he had failures. You know, there's, there's adultery, there's murder. They, he, he didn't always shine bright like a diamond. Truth. Um, but in spite of that, he put his hope and his trust and his faith in the Lord. And, in, and the Lord was his provider. The Lord was the one that took care of him. This is a promise from God. And David was just kind of speaking it out like, I'm, I'm experiencing this. You know what? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, even though I walk in this dark, dreary space where my life is at risk, I fear no evil because you're with me. That we would be able to say that. That we would be able to proclaim that. You know what? Mm, this looks ugly, but God's with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. He's the good shepherd. He's the one that leads us into pastures, green pastures, not dry, scraggly crabgrass, but big rye. You know, stuff you can chew on and take in nutrients, absorb. He, he leads us into places where they're good for us. His provision is right. That's, that's our God. 
He leads us in those places. He cares for us. He restores our soul. Leads us beside still waters where we can get a drink without worrying about falling in the rapids and drowning. He's a good shepherd. That we would be able to live in such a way that regardless of our situation, we'd be able to proclaim boldly, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He had promises for us. David was speaking this out. If you fast forward and go into Ezekiel chapter 34, and I'll let you turn there, Ezekiel 34, there was a time in history where the Israelites, God's chosen ones, were also um, having not so great days. They would say, I don't know, this isn't still waters. This isn't a green pasture. We're in exile. We're in famine. We're in darkness. We've got people above us that are lording over us and keeping us from getting ahead, keeping us from moving forward, keeping us from stepping into all that God has promised us. The Israelites found themselves in that place. And there was a time in history where there were those who were shepherds over the Israelites who instead of using the the influence and the ability that they had for the good of all, they were using it for their own prosperity. They were using it for their own will and their own desire to be accomplished. There was a time when the whole um, opportunity of God was not available to all. Within the Old Covenant, there was a system of sacrifices and temple worship. And there were some who had less, did not have what they need so that they could actually purchase you know, an animal, a dove or a goat or a bull for, for a sacrifice. And because of that, there, were, there was less of an opportunity for them to partake in the redemption, in the forgiveness of God, because that's the way the old covenant was set up. There can be no forgiveness of sins without the shedding of blood. And there were people who were going without and, and were being mistreated. The, the, the people that were cared for by their shepherds were not being cared for. And God speaks through Ezekiel, a prophet, and speaks to Ezekiel, or speaks through Ezekiel to those who were lording over others in a, in a harsh rebuke at the beginning of 34. But then speaks to the people. And he gives a promise to them. And this is the promise that we want to read today. In Ezekiel 34, beginning with verse 11, it says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. 
Verse 16. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed. And I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. And the fat and the strong I will destroy. Sounds like the shepherd that David was praising. One who would come and gather all those who were scattered. Find those who were broken and hurting and bind up their wounds. He would, he would find those who are far away. He would, similar to what Jesus said in the story of the, the good shepherd where he would leave the 99 to go find the one. That's, that's God's heart. That's God's desire for us. That we would be gathered together by him and that he would love on us and care for us, protect us, heal us up, sure us up. If, if things are wrong in our life, he would bring those things out. He would extract them from our life. He would cause us to be in good health, cause us to be in, in right relationship with him again. In John, it talks about, John chapter 10, and we'll go there, but it talks about how the sheep know the shepherd's voice and they follow his voice because they know the voice, the voice of the one who cares and loves for them. And that's the promise that God speaks in this. You will know me and I will come to you and I will help you, I will rescue you. You have nothing to fear. Now, to the, to the Israelites, as they were being told this, this... This is a message of great hope. This is a promise that speaks such blessing because of the place that they were in, where they had nothing, where they were going without. This is, a, this is, this is beautiful. But see, before the promise, there was a problem. And that's usually how things come about in our life. There's usually a problem before the promise. Because it's usually a, prom, a, a problem that causes us to start looking like, what's the solution? What's the solution? What, how do we get out of this? How do we deal with this? How do we handle this problem? And a problem arises, and a promise arises as well. And that promise is, you know what? You feel lost. You feel broken. You're hurting. There are those who aren't protecting you. I will rise up, and I will care for you. I will gather you together. I will heal you. I will bring you into a land where you will be protected, where you will be the head and not the tail. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. That's God's promise to his people. Because the problem was that they were weak, they were broken. They were lost. Do we need a word of promise today? I mean, within our lives, within your jobs, within your family, the relationships that you're a part of, the life that you find yourself living today, are you in need of a promise? Good. Because his promise then is his promise now. And it's his promise for your future. See, his promise, he was speaking about the good shepherd. Again, I said John 10.10. So let's go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Jesus speaks. It's the red letters. 
And again, he proclaims some, some beautiful imagery. Beginning in chapter 10, verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his, all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Later on, verse 9, because they were confused. The people, as Jesus was speaking this, they're like, hey, what are you talking about? Sheep and doors and thieves. And Verse 9, Jesus goes on and explains, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they, that you, that you may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Something that we can find a lot of hope in, that we can cling to the hope of this promise we can cling to the hope of this promise, the, the fact that he is the good shepherd. We are sheep. And no one likes to be thought of that way, right? Paul, do you like to be thought of as a sheep? Or, no? Anyone? Mr. Scott? No? Hey, sheep are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, if you spent any time at a, like a petting zoo, sheep... Like, just, just keep feeding me. Just keep feeding me because that's what I want. I want food. I want food. Sheep would go out into the, the valleys and they'd, ah, oh, this is, looks like a good place to lay down. And they'd lay down. And somehow the, the sheep, as they're laying down, like all of a sudden they roll over. Sheep are like turtles on their back. They, they can't flip themselves back up. They're, 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 their wool will get so uh, heavy in, in dew or the moisture from the ground that they actually, they're, they're weighted on their back. And so now they're just, you know, four legs up in the air. They need a shepherd. They need someone who would come and, and care for them. Sheep are also stupid. They're always looking at the other pasture. You know, the grass is greener on that side. And so off they go. And next thing you know, they're lost. There's one sheep all by himself. Again, the good shepherd leaves the 99 to go find the one. He goes to get those who are strayed, who have fallen away. It's a message of hope for us because he is the good shepherd and we are his sheep, regardless of whether we like to be known that way or not. We are his sheep and he cares for us. He loves us. And he is the one who will go and find all those who are far away and draw them back in to protect them, to care for them. Jesus is our good shepherd. Jesus is the one that we need to be looking to right here, right now. This time of year, we always love to jump onto the, you know, the little sticker or pin that we might wear on our, our jacket. You know, Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for the season. Jesus is the reason for our life. Amen. It's not just a season. 
But during this season, if we can cling to the hope of the promise of Jesus in our life and what he's done for us already and what he'll continue to do for us, if we can cling to that, imagine what we could do for those around us, for the world around us, to be able to proclaim his goodness and his truth and his promise for the world. See, it's not just about you. It's not just about us gathered together in a nice, comfortable spot. It's cold outside. It's warm in here. I like this. But it's not just about us. It's about a world that is dying. It's about a world that is lost. It's about a world that is broken. Sounds like those sheep that he talked about going out after to gather up. You know how he does that? You know how he gathers them up? Sometimes as the good shepherd, he enables or empowers other sheep to kind of give a nudge to other sheep. Hey, follow me. I found some good pasture over here. We have the opportunity during this season to be able to speak and not only cling to the hope of the promise, but speak the hope of the promise to others. See, I I realize I'm talking to a room full of people who most of you probably know Jesus. Most of you have probably said yes to Jesus. Most of you, this isn't new news. Most of you have heard this, or at least hopefully some of you have read this, that Jesus is our good shepherd. And so maybe I'm preaching to the choir this morning. But, but maybe that's what needs to be done so that we can see we have a role to play in this. When Jesus was talking to his disciples and teaching them how to pray, we would pray that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. He talked all about the kingdom of heaven. Jesus' gospel, as he preached it, it was the good news. It was the kingdom of heaven that he spoke of. That we would see what is done in heaven, done on earth. On earth as it is in heaven. That we would pray in such a way that, that redemptive words would be spoken to others. That care and compassion would be brought that hope would be found because we're speaking on earth as it is in heaven. Do you get that? That connection's being made? See, we're, we're his conduits of grace and mercy and hope and life for so many people. Amen. That we would live in such a way that we bring heaven to earth because on earth as it is in heaven... Now I'm preaching to the choir, but I'm preaching to the, to the right choir. Because see, you know about Jesus. You know about his love. You know what he's done in your own life. But it's not about you. It's not about you. There's a world that is broken. There's a world that is hurting. Heaven to earth. That's our role. He wants to use us to bring heaven to earth. As we walk through this series throughout the month of December, this series is going to be leading us up to the celebration of Jesus' birth. We're going to take you on a journey to explore who Jesus is and, and what, it meant to, what it means for us to follow him. See, we need to anticipate what is to come. 
We need to anticipate what's to come because, yeah, for us, we've found that hope. We've found that there are things that, you know, that heaven to earth, we've, we've seen it and we've experienced it in our own lives. But let's bring heaven to earth this Christmas season for everyone by bringing hope where there's problems. Speaking his, his promise into the problems that we see in the world. Share the promise right amidst all the pain Share the promise. With all the confusion, share the promise. Right in the midst of brokenness, share the promise. In each of your lives, there are opportunities to speak truth, speak his promise, be conveyors of peace and hope that this would be a season of joy. Do you realize, like, heaven to earth anticipate what's to come. Heaven to earth. I think the kingdom of heaven is a very joyful place. I think we could use some joy. I think we could be conduits of his joy. Conveyors of his joy. People who bring joy into a room. Not just like the girl in your office named Joy. Hey, follow me. But, but that you would, when you step into a room and Jesus walks in with you, that joy fills the room. That's heaven to earth in my mind. We've got enough depression. We've got enough sadness and grief and hurting and pain. What if God would use us to bring joy into people's lives? That's heaven to earth. Abundant life. That's what he said. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that they may have life. Abundant life. Is he in you? It's a yes or no question. Is he in you? Then be, then be conveyors of abundant life. You should first have abundant life because that's what he's promised you but you should also bring abundant life to others because where you go, Jesus goes with you. You have the Holy Spirit within you and he'll speak and he'll say and he'll do things through you if you listen to him, if you're obedient. See, there's a promise. There's a promise for so many that have yet to receive that promise. And as we bring heaven to earth, that promise, we'll see that fulfilled more and more in people's lives. We need to be those who bring hope to so many. Some of you that are here, you know, I said I'm speaking to, I'm preaching to the choir. Some of you that are here, you may not know Jesus, but you can. You can. Some of you may not know hope. Some of you may not know peace. Today could be an opportunity for you to cast aside the darkness that seems to follow you wherever you go. Today could be an opportunity for you to receive Jesus, to, to say yes, to experience heaven on earth in your life right here, right now. Heaven to earth. Heaven to earth. What would that look like? 
throughout this coming month? What would it look like for each of us to see the role that we have to play in helping? See, God wants to partner with us. He calls us into action and he wants us to move with him, follow his leading, and bring heaven to earth for so many people that desperately need him. Jesus is the reason for the season. This is a time of great joy and hope and promise for so many that need it. May we be those people who would bring that to others. Father, I pray right now. Lord, I ask that you would move within each of our hearts. God, that we would see the place that we have the position that you've called us to, the partnership that you ask us to engage in with you. God, that we would be able to help reach out to those who are hurting, reach out to those who are broken. Thank you that you are the good shepherd. Thank you that your promise is to restore and renew and rebuild God, for that we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, Richard, can you go out there and just see if Kim's out there? Where is she? Come on. She's over here. She did the old rope-a-dope. This is my wife. You can hold my hand. Kim and I are good. Kim and I are good, okay? I, I need you to hear this this morning. I understand, you know, the announcement last week, all the different conversations that have been had. Trust me, lots of conversations this week that I've had, that Mark's had, that Kim's had, that Audra's had. There have been lots of conversations. We're good. Going forward, we're going to be good. There's been seasons, sleepless nights. There's been frustration. There's been hurt. There's been pain. But we're good. And I know, and I need you to hear this, going forward, as we move forward, regardless of the storm, regardless of the turmoil, whatever, the end of this story is beautiful. The end of this story is beautiful. God has planted within us a dream that is so vivid and so filled with hope and life, abundant life. But I want to speak to something specific. I'll get sweaty if I... I know that not only have there been conversations with Kim and I, or with Mark and Audra, or with Mark and I, or I, I know that there are also other conversations that are going on. Different people talking, and there's been so many different stories, and so many different questions, and so many different... Um, hypotheses hear me because I'm still your pastor 
So let me speak this in such a way that you receive it out of love. Any conversation that you have about Kim and I, or Mark and Audra, or Mark and I, that does not include us in that conversation, it's gossip, because you can't do anything about this. Don't do that. I understand emotions that are going through. I understand, trust me, we've had longer to process through all this than any of you have. And so I understand you need to process, but do it the right way. The enemy, we read it earlier, he seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his desire. And the enemy would love to have a field day here. I'll be damned if that happens. We will not, we will not allow division. Stop clapping for a minute, please. Just let me say this. We will not allow division to rise up. We're moving forward in unity. We're moving, in, we're moving forward in unity, and I need you to hear that, and I need you to understand, because we truly believe. I, I wouldn't have been able to stand up here last week and say what I did without the confidence. I have confidence because God has shown me the picture, and I know that what we're going into is going to be incredible. But I also know that God has days here still that are great, and I will not allow division to rise up. And so I ask just in the same way that we are praying every day that we would guard our hearts and that we would not allow any offense to be taken. Guard your hearts. Guard your hearts so that you will not allow any offense to be taken. If anyone wants to talk to you about this situation, grab them by the hand and say, come on, let's go talk to Kevin about this. Okay? Don't, don't have side conversations about stuff that you may not know everything about. Because that's not going to solve anything. That's just going to cause confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. We love you guys greatly. And it has been, I said it last week, I'll say it again. It has been a pure joy and honor to be able to lead and pastor you all and many of your kids over the years. And I know going forward, that it's still going to be a pure joy and honor. We're not dying. Hear me. We're not dying. Relationships will still continue. We love you greatly. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.